0: Country. Country Podcast Edition.
1: <laughs> I've always been around great songwriters and artists my whole life. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Jay Snell Dean and you are listening to my boy Michael Knox on Knox Country Podcast. podcast. Welcome to the Knox Country Syndicated Radio Show Podcast i'm here with dallas davidson Uh, i've known dallas um 10 12 years Mm -hmm. and um we got a lot of the same friends a lot of same experiences in music row but um um awesome to have him here i mean multiple number ones i think 24 Mm -hmm. 24 number ones and um he's had number ones spread out over the past 10 years i guess you know and um but um um, awesome to have Dallas here. Awesome because I'm a huge fan. I cut his songs. I <laughs> go through his catalog. I do everything I can to get his songs first. I call his pluggers, and I think he's been through three pluggers now just because I keep complaining because <laughs> I don't get the songs first. But um, now me and you've known each other 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, longer than 10 years, probably. I'm going to go with about 12 or 13 years. Yeah, because we we've always joked about how long it took. Jason to cut one of your songs which was tonight looks good on you that's right and um and I remembered you know because every album for like two albums I would call for your entire catalog and start going through stuff you, <laughs> you know tried. Which, which which is which is a testament that he he was cutting what he feels was mm-hmm. was, was best for what mm-hmm. we do but it was funny he was like is there anything else about Dallas? Is there any more Dallas songs that we can get? And, dude, I went through. I know your catalog better than your song pluggers. You know, Probably I, so. I went through, like, like for three albums, I was just conquering your catalog. But then tonight looks good on you. I want to say you sent it. Whoever did sent it to me and Jason at the same time. I think I sent it to both of y'all, yeah. Because I remember, I remember sending him a note saying... Have you heard this yet? And then he called me and said, "Man, I love this. This is this is my first single." And it ended up being I think a, a second or third mm-hmm, single, but mm-hmm. but he he freaked over that, you know. So hey. that was finally that melody that he was always looking for on that Tonight looks good on you. He was a, he's a hard pitch
0: and um you know, it it proves another thing you don't it's not who you know you you still got to have the right song i mean guys like jason and and luke and kenny and all those guys that are on top they're gonna cut the best song the best song still wins i think in this business and that's good that's that's living proof Uh, jason i I consider him a, a dear friend and you as well and um i could not i just couldn't get one in there but finally finally wrote the right song yeah
1: well, and but now your your first cut. Now, the first time I got introduced to like the hit songwriter was that honky tonk, <laughs> but Donk." Now, th- that wasn't your. Was that your first cut? You know, technically, Red
0: Akins recorded a song called "Kiss My Country Ass" yeah, with Hank Williams Jr., and then Blake did it. So, technically, my first ever cut was that but yes then the the first official major label cut i ever got was honky tonk badonkadon and that was huge that was a good way to kick things off we set the bar a little high on that one and um yeah it's all all downhill from there yeah that song almost never happened i got a story for you so i sent it to mike Talaferro who was managing tracy bird at the time and Bird heard it and liked it, but just wasn't quite sure about it because, it, in his defense, it it's quite a polarizing song. We'll call it. Uh, how
1: different was the demo from how the, it ended up?
0: You know what? It was pretty pretty close. Uh, that guy, 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 that signature lick was there, and uh, but it had Jamie Johnson and Randy Hauser singing the vocals back and forth on it. It, it was pretty goofy. Come to think of it, it was a lot different. <laughs> We we had we had had a lot of fun with it. Let's just say that. Um, but uh, Tracy Bird had heard it and and he thought he might do it. He might not do it. Well, then Trace heard it and said, "I'm doing it." And you know how Trace is. Uh, get out of the way. I'm cutting this song. And then Bird kind of rallied back and he wanted and it 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 almost didn't get recorded because they wound up both wanting to to have it. And Trace finally said, "Well, you know what? The heck with it." I ain't even going to cut it. So I almost didn't get that song recorded because two people wanted it. Yeah, and the producers were fighting over
1: yep. a little bit of the credit. Scott Hendricks
0: and Dan Huff, and uh, yeah, that that was that was quite a, a debacle too. That did not help our cause getting. It was all three of our first songs: Jamie Johnson, Rennie Hauser, and myself. It was all three of our first first yeah, but big what deals. A,
1: what a monster! I mean, what a monster first cut.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I hear it on the radio still about once a week. I mean, obviously, I see my royalty statements on it, and it's it's a nice it's a nice song. It was an impacting song. It, it people loved it or hated it, but most people I think loved it, and and uh,
1: it's just fun and let your hair down and uh, you know. But you you got on a big string of just like just a lot of cuts there for a while, you know. I mean, where it was just like getting embarrassing. Yeah, you know. well, I never
0: got embarrassed, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it, we, I had quite a run, and and
0: I've, I'd like to think it's still still going. Uh, I've back from two thousand probably six when that song was a hit until really a couple years ago. You know, we we're just just writing stuff and. And people really gravitated towards it. People started just recording, you know, one out of three songs
1: I wrote, one out of four, some years, yeah. and it's crazy. It's been crazy. Just well, very- but, but your demos, man, your demos. When I heard your demos, it sounded like an artist, you know, and and that's the neat thing about our our format is that our artists become fans of the songwriters mm-hmm. and and what y'all do and how y'all sing it. And that you know, back in the day when I was pitching Jeff Stevens' catalog, George Strait used to sing. His cuts, right? Like Jeff, right? You know, they become fans of these guys, and and they become fans of yours. And but now those fan those friendships have 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 you know those fanships have grown mm-hmm. into big friendships mm-hmm. now over over a long period of time. You know, and 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 I know you said before that you you knew Luke way before, right? But y'all y'all didn't know Luke was going to be Luke Bryan. No, we we all you know you think every hometown hero is going to be a
0: star, but in hindsight, how did we know? You yeah. know, but. Um. Uh, yeah. Here, when you hear an, another artist sing one of your songs, like you did on your demo, that's a pretty good, pretty good pat on the back. I, I always take that as a compliment. And, um, man, I just sing them how I feel, and I guess people like it. Yeah.
2: Well, I have to say too, Michael has said on many occasions, your demos, Neil Thrasher, mm-hmm. David Lee Murphy. Wow. Well, how do we beat those? What? <laughs> and I've heard the artist in the studio kind of struggle it's like well, I, don't, I don't sound as cool oh it's well. i mean you you yeah, yeah.
0: it I'll, happens I'll, i can teach him uh if you need some vocal production <laughs> i'll tell him just sound not as good as you probably can <laughs> see i can't sound as good as them and that's why it sounds cooler
1: yeah that's Rod- the uh, truth
0: of the matter <laughs> you know, and, and
1: rodney clausen's demos are kind of hypnotizing like his are mm-hmm. like this thing where it doesn't, it doesn't, you, 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 maybe it doesn't go anywhere on the meter, but right. boy, it's really traveling melody-wise. It's all over the and place. And the
2: gravel in his voice, too.
0: You know, I would have to agree that the that, that people, you know, David Lee Murphy for sure, Neil Thrasher for sure, uh, Rodney, and then, you know, I'm going to go with Tony Lane probably. See, I don't get a lot of his vocals pitched.
1: Oh, man. It's crazy. Um, but, 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 I, mean, I you know, try and man. sound like him. Yeah. See, 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 but when Jason comes up, our bread and butter, man. I, I, mm-hmm. The thing we pat ourselves on the back is that we don't chase what's going on. Right. We go to our bread and butter yeah. and try to stay with what makes him. Every now and then, uh, one or two songs will wander around. Mm-hmm. You know, but we won't wander an album, you know, and, um, um, you know, so – when we come around, I start off with guys like you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Neil, you know, Rodney, David Lee Murphy, right. and and we got to have those bases first before we can start experimenting. Right. And then the FGL guys are starting to pop in there a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think they're cheating. They're driving out to his house. That is cheating. And playing his I know, stuff. I know where Jason lives too. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> he got that gate up now. He, he got to get that code. We can get mm-hmm. over the gate. They're we'll like Christofferson laying a helicopter in his yard, but now. One of my favorite songs of the past few years is that hunting, fishing, loving every mm-hmm. day. I remember the first time I heard it, he played it live on the awards, like debuting it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, I remember looking behind me to the producer, you know, the, Jeff Stevens and those guys and his son, and said, man, how did we not get this song? I love this song. It, that's, that's probably one of my favorite Luke Bryan songs, period.
0: Well, thank you. That's, you
1: know, w- one of the main reasons
0: we didn't send it to Jason is because Luke's a writer on it. Yeah. And, uh and, and you know, the old Leesburg-Albany-Georgia connection with me and Luke. I'd be lying if I didn't say I don't, I don't pop them over there to him in a timely manner. We'll say that. But thank you for, for, for liking that song because that truly is one of my most... It's definitely one of my favorite songs, but I would say for that song to be a hit in this genre... I, I couldn't be prouder of yeah. that because I knew people would like it because I'd already tested it out on my buddies back at home and my buddies around here and and they loved it and it, it's re- speaking the language of of a, a group of people that is not a small group of people it's it's a massive group of people and for Luke to put it out on the radio and radio to, to play it man that
1: was definitely a series of miracles there I, I didn't see that one coming yeah I, but I the, thought with it those chord fly. progressions too man and everything it's funny that that was a risk yeah you know what i mean because yeah. that, that's so small town america yeah so bread and butter of what country music is and it's funny it's so it was such a risk with what was going on on mm-hmm. radio because mm-hmm. we're we're in such a, a power mid drum loop world right you know and um and i can tell you didn't have a loop guy in the room no that was on old <laughs> old gifts guitar there buddy <laughs> that was old school we wrote it on guitar can you believe
0: it Hey, y'all, this is Dallas Davidson. You're listening
1: to Knox Country
0: Podcast.
1: Well, do you find yourself these days, you know, with, you know, uh, we were joking earlier that like when your friend Red Akins came Mm -hmm. out, he was a boy in a man's world. Right. Now, there's a lot of men trying to write for a boy's world. Uh Uh-huh. You know, do do you find that hard for you or do you well
0: i just turned 40
1: so you know i kind of
0: what i've done and i'm telling my my secrets here is i've surrounded myself with younger people i've my publishing company played again we've got you know five six young writers in their 20s and i'm writing with them and of course i'm the the old the old bulls teaching them some some tricks too but they're they're keeping me kind of young and hip and with some of the language. And when it comes to hunting, fishing, and living every day, I got that. I don't yeah. need any help on that one. But, um, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit scary that the older we get, the less cooler we are as songwriters. And, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, think, your
2: passions, you love... All genres of music, I, right? I
0: do. I, I'm, and that's helped me entirely. I, I would say that's given me a a huge advantage because some people can name you every '90s country star, every '80s country star. Well, I can't. I, I heard them on the radio and loved it, but I can probably name you six different genres worth of people. Where you know, people are so proud of that that they know so much about country, and hell, I, I do too, but. I didn't well, I mean didn't looking studied. at your list of yeah. songs.
2: I mean you travel.
0: Well, it's it's been a a musical ride and growing up where I grew up and going to school where I went to school, you 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 hear different you're exposed to so much different stuff and particularly me I, I kind of latched on to some different things just by chance and it's really shaped me as a writer mm-hmm. the different different
1: styles of Yeah, rock, but your lyric music. Is what's always kept you home. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the lyric remains country, absolutely, entirely, and that's something you just can't. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can't uh, be influenced on the way you talk. But us growing up, you know, the you lived it. Mm-hmm. You didn't learn it, right? And that's what you're talking about a minute ago. Where kids today, it's cool to mm-hmm. wear John Deere. That's right. But, but but I doubt that they've really ever <laughs> been, you know, been on a John Deere
0: tractor and cut the grass. They most likely have not. And I, I just planted 50 acres of soybeans yesterday, excuse me, a day before, so I can assure you that uh, I know how to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ten and a half hours on a, on a John Deere tractor. But uh, man, I think you can really, i tell you this, a country music listener can tell in an instant if you're faking it, or if you're you're real. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that every country singer has to drive a tractor, or be this Tony Lama wearing cowboy, but they people can tell when you are faking it, and that comes. It starts with songwriting. When you're writing a song and, and you're trying to write something that you have not experienced or know nothing about, it never comes across. Yeah, and that's where I've been been very lucky to. To have grown up the way I did and several other of my buddies, um, you know, when we get together, like Rodney Clausen, great example. When Rodney and I write, it's like, yeah, I did that too. Let's go. Let's talk about it, you know. And it translates really well and it, it hits that that uh, that audience out there that, that did it too.
1: But but you, you come from a generation of writers that will sit in a room and co-write. Mm-hmm. You know, a third was outrageous. It would happen once in a while, yeah. you know, like when you did the peach pickers. But right. that was just a group of buddies saying, right. "Hey, we're going, we're going to take this down together." But um, today, you know, it's three way plus a track guy all of a sudden. And, yeah. um, and do do you find that happening? Because it's a shortcut for some people. It's it's not it's not a you know when you got a track guy there, it's not a lot of work anymore. You know, you, find, you know, do you find yourself maybe I, shortchanging the outcome of the song a little bit? I'll tell you exactly
0: my thoughts on that. And it starts with the publishers pushing in their writers to get in to a writing appointment with a guy with a name or a girl with a name. So, for instance, somebody would push. Say I've already got a two-way with me and my track guy. All right. They're going to push in another hit writer with us just to... You know, we're all busy. And then there's that one favor that's owed, and then the fourth guy gets pushed in the room. And that that's why I think it happens, because people can't say no to it, because the politically, pol- political correctness of, of co-writing. Who would have thought we'd be having this conversation? But Because yeah. I had a long talk with Julie Griffith, who's my publisher now and, and runs my company, and I was like, Julie, me and Luke wrote Rain is a Good Thing, two of us country girl shake it for me it was two of us play it again was me and ashley gorley it doesn't take three people it doesn't take four people and it dang sure doesn't take five people i think it's just there's so much money at stake if i'm being honest there's so much money at stake in this in this business that you we're getting people pushed in on us back to your track guy thing i think that it's easier to dump somebody on track guys if that makes sense like well it's just so and so you know he won't mind if you bring in an extra. they need an extra person for the lyrics well, a lot of those track guys actually write lyrics yeah and melodies yeah matter of fact most of them do so it's an interesting time we're in i like it i like being able to sit in front of a, a track guy and and uh and kind of be free of an instrument and not have to worry about what chord am I going to play today that sounds different than the one I played yesterday? Well, they've already got it, and it sounds live. It sounds like you're in the middle of a band, and it's inspiring. And then you just get to kind of be
1: you. You get to be a singer. Yeah, yeah, but but you come from a school where you're a disciplined songwriter, Mm -hmm. and you don't live there. Mm -hmm. You visit there. Right. That's the problem is that a lot of the new generation coming up, they live in that environment, and when you take that away, they struggle. And But because they're so used to that help. Right. That, that it's like going, man. You're a better writer than this because I, I had an incident where I could have sworn three people wrote this song, mm-hmm. and when the when the label copy was turned in, there's five names on there. Wow! And then you start talking about it, going, "Well, man, what happened? Well, the guy sent us the track. Mm-hmm. Well, then, well then, where'd this other guy come from? Oh, well, he." He had the guitar riff on the track. Yeah. And you're like, going, well, these, you know, no offense. Yeah. I mean, these aren't songwriting sometimes. Right. It's, it's more like you said, well, man, they were in the room. Mm-hmm. And in Nashville way, hey, man, if you're in the room, man, you know, something word motivated. For a third. Yeah, now somebody. it's a word for a fifth. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme anymore. Now it's word for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Knox
0: Country Podcast Edition. <laughs>
1: Some of you know me as a record producer for acts like Jason Aldean and Thomas Rhett. Others know me as the son of rock and roll legend Buddy Knox, party doll fame, back in 1957. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. You're listening to Knox Country. This podcast. Hey, this is Keith Urban. What's up, y'all? Your boys here, Florida, Georgia, live. Hey, this, this is Little Big town. town. And you're listening to Knox Country. You've entered Knox Country. Welcome back to the Knox Country Podcast.
2: I just find it interesting that you said, especially now having your own publishing company, Mm -hmm. that you did set those boundaries Mm -hmm. and say, look, for the sake of the song and the writers and the business, we're not going to have, you know, you have to play politics. I totally understand. But I mean, that was sort of a big deal for you to say you know as a, as a business owner in you know, a publisher well it,
0: it, it's kind of it comes across as you're greedy but it's not because you're greedy here's what here's what happens when, when somebody's in the room that doesn't need to be in the room so you've got a three way it's turned into a four way there's that fourth person there's no way that all four people can be on the same page that's impossible and I don't know how we got off on this subject but I'll tell you what I think about it the song suffers because too many people in the room if there was two of us we could figure it out. It would take longer. If there was three of us in the room, we're probably... That's about the right amount of people. Somebody might be a little off, but at least over there talking, getting it going. Uh, when four people are in the room, I feel like you're trying to include someone to make them feel like they're doing something when they're not, instead of trying to make the song better.
1: Yeah. So I've learned that the song suffers the more people are in the room. Yeah. I and, I, I agree with that. I agree with mm-hmm. that. when when we were looking for the they don't know record mm-hmm. i remembered us not having they don't know yet yeah and i said um and i remember meeting with the writer a group of writers and saying hey man i need you to go off and write me a song without these loops mm-hmm. we we don't have a show opener right so they went off and they wrote they don't know mm-hmm. and then they came back and i said holy crap wasn't that easy <laughs> <laughs> you know and and right. um, so, uh, it, it's affected. It's affected my song search. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, everything's a power mid. That's interesting to hear. Everything's a, a mid tempo or a power mid. You know, it, it's hard to find. Like going back to where we were, hunting, fishing, loving every day. Mm-hmm. That's just can't you see chords? The re yeah, but the reason you love that is because it it floats a different way. If the, as a songwriter, you allowed that to float a different right. way, you you weren't. You weren't checking where where you're supposed to come in and what's going on. You were because it was already there. Yeah, Yeah. you were just feeling it, Mm -hmm. and 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 we're missing a lot of that, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's why guys like you are in the position you're in is because y'all are the guys still corralling talent. And developing the next generation, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and building that environment around you now, you know, and that's why that works for you. Trust me, there's a lot of writers trying to do what you do, mm-hmm. and it ain't working. Yeah, but there's a reason why yours works because you have the experience <laughs> that you have and, and have put it put it into play.
0: Well, you know, and we're learning the whole the, the 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 whole track deal now. I mean, we're it's a it's a continuous effort. Craig Wiseman, he he's probably the first person i could think of that has done it yeah. all he was there in the 90s he was there through the 2000s and now i mean he's now he you, i wrote with him and and Riley Green a new artist on uh, big machine and friday or thursday and Craig's over there working his his drum loops and stuff yeah. and still got his little $200 guitar playing gang, gang 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 you know Craig stuff and so that he's he's doing it all it's fun but, yeah I,
1: and i don't think it's bad i mean mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of Great songs Mm -hmm. done that way. Um, It's kind of like what they always said about the term "bro country." You know, they they everybody asked me, man, who who do you think bro country is? And I said, everybody after Jason. Yeah, you know, it's the ones trying to be Jason. Mm -hmm. And I said. The guys who invented this loop stuff mm-hmm. no offense craig Wiseman was one of those guys because mm-hmm. i remember his being the earliest ones i would get as right. a, as demos right where it's like man this is cool what is this but craig craig's mastered that you know right. he, 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 even sam hunt's done very unique mm-hmm. things you know that way you know w- with his camp but um but fgl's kind of made the biggest impact with it you know and yeah, everybody sure. trying to be them are the ones that are maybe coming up short a little bit that's right
0: Cause there's only one FGL and they got it and they did it and they nailed it. Yeah, that's that's back back to the point of trying to fake it, man. They yeah. know the people,
1: the 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 Bubba Bubba knows. <laughs> <laughs> Can't but, but 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 do you feel that a lot in in our format? You know, uh, over the past few years, I I feel the separation of small town america mm-hmm. i feel it not being in our format as much as mm-hmm. it needs to be and then everybody's like hey man you're, you know we're not selling records like we used to and i'm like well there's a little bit of a disconnect yeah you know it's funny that luke can sell mm-hmm. jason can jason's sell. selling a lot right yeah, now too and, yeah i mean i mean but those guys are selling you know mm-hmm. but but they have that lifestyle in right. their shows how they present themselves, how they talk, how yeah. they live, whatever. Yeah. And it's funny, the you know, you know, I'm seeing us kind of missing that a little bit in some of these new artists coming up. You know, might be a little more hipster than we need, I guess, mm-hmm. for our format. So, I mean, are, are you are you seeing anything like that with that kind of? It kind of pushes you in a, in a negative place. Like, wow, man, I wish we had more of these guys.
0: You know, here's what I'm saying that r- radio tells us we want country stuff. We want to play country stuff. And then you give it to them, and they look, I kind of don't care, is out right now, just more. It's not really getting played. And yeah. it's, I love the song. I didn't write it. Rhett, I think Rhett wrote it and somebody else. But uh, So you get told, write country, country, and you write country, and you can't get it recorded, and you can't get it played when it does get recorded. All right. So let's go write some love songs, mid-tempo ballads or mid-tempos and, and, uh, to a drum loop. And uh, that,
1: and has that some, gets played, that played has, through the roof,
0: you know. And, and then a Small Town Boy comes out on Dustin Lynch and it's a massive hit. Massive hit. There's a reason it's a massive hit because like you just said, it related to you said there's a disconnect that that reconnected them. Yeah, but
1: it infused a couple of things.
0: It did. It it, it kind of covered all the bases, and the, and the music was for some reason I, I don't know. My writer wrote that Kyle
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Fishman, and I don't know what they did that day, but it was just magic and everything about that song. But those are hard. You can't just go write that song. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating because we know what we think we know what I think I know what people want to hear. Yeah. Um, because I know what I want to hear and I still talk to my buddies down in Georgia every day there's three or four of them I talk to on the phone every day and I know they talk about music and what the songs they like and the songs they like are Chris Stapleton you know Jason Lou they like the country guys um I think the the pop pop country stuff which I've written um had success with like it as well yeah um that's not getting your your true country fans but it's getting music lovers so i think it's good for everybody especially as a songwriter i can write a song one day about a love song one day and the next day i can go write a song about hunting fishing and and make a living at it so i actually i like the fact that we've got a melting pot in our genre
1: yeah and 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 that's the great thing about country music right now mm-hmm. is that it's the most diverse format mm-hmm. Out of all formats out there, ours is the most diverse, and the guys who bring it home or the girls who bring it home are the lifestyles of the artists that are, are performing it. Right. You know, and because I listen to a lot of different genres. I got daughters that are 21 and mm-hmm. 18, you know, so I'm hearing everything, you know. Yeah. So uh, when I'm hearing all that come through, it's funny, um, a, a lot of pop stuff – you know, kind of sounds like commercials. Yeah. You know, they're 20 seconds repeated four times. Right. And, and you know, and and then when you hear country music, y- you hear a little bit of that in there, mm-hmm. but then you hear these other things, and then you hear a hardcore singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. and then you hear a really cool loop guy, and then you hear a band, and then you... But it's all different flavors of music. It's crazy, because yeah. out of all the styles of music, you can do pop, you can do rap, you can do R&B, but then when you say country it's like five different things
0: yeah country is everything except probably death metal I think (laughs) (laughs) and we've got some ex death metals in our genre I won't name their names but uh, it's funny how that works yeah yeah country is 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 really popular music if you want to say pop music is popular really to me country is the pop music of of our of our of our life yeah at least right now this is everything rock and roll hip hop
1: well, we're the most stations across the USA. I mean, we mm-hmm. got more country stations than any other format, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's funny how that's kind of always pushed aside a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you know where, where we are the, we are the voice yeah. of kind of music. The masses. Yeah. And, you know, so I want to talk about other songs. I want to do things like we've, we've touched base on your beginning, the honky tonk. We've touched base on Tonight Looks Good on You. Mm-hmm. I mean... When you started out with the Peach Pickers, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys just did it because y'all were buddies and just started writing and it was easy. Um, what was the first big hit y'all had as a as a three-way where y'all were like, wow, man, this is something that we could really do something with this? It was
0: uh, Put a Girl in it on Bricks and Dunn. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, that was... That was our first hit. Put a girl in, and then give me that girl was the next one, and then it was just crazy after that. We, we started writing every Wednesday, and we wrote every Wednesday for ten years up until up until just recently, and we're getting it back to, getting it back together.
1: Y'all started making too much money to hang out Man, with each other. Man, <laughs> I, I, I I will take full credit for the, the.
0: Momentary collapse of the peach pickers writing a por- Yoko? Wednesday writing a Were por- you Yoko? You're, you're Yoko? I Yoko'd it a little bit,
1: <laughs> guys. I can't write today. I got to go get my Porsche worked on.
2: I didn't have
0: to get a Porsche worked on. I have but so I, many
2: <laughs> checks to bring to the bank.
0: I did have a Bentley, but no, I I, <laughs> I, 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 I moved back to Georgia. I don't even know if you knew this. For no. probably six or eight months, I just kind of got burned out, and and I, I checked out. I sold my property here. Sold my house. Rolled back to Georgia down in Leesburg, and, and uh, I just moved back. This April was a year ago. So,
2: Did you stayed a year? So,
0: yeah. Wow. So, a year, this past April last month, or whatever month it is, uh, uh, I moved back a year ago. Did that make
2: a big difference?
0: You know, it got recharged on my batteries. That, it was a good move, but it it, it screwed it screwed up our Wednesdays because uh, that's how busy we all are. <laughs> they were like booked out a year to get us back on a Wednesday. Yeah, they weren't. Well, winning. yeah,
1: and, and Ben, you know, Ben's a coach now. Coach Hayslip. That's yeah, what I call coach him. Hayslip. And, and um, Rhett's married, so hey. Yeah, but Rhett's also mentoring his son. Yes, he is. What He's um, great, great, great. Thomas Rhett. You yeah. think Thomas ever comes in going? Come on, Dad. I've I've sewed more than you. I don't need to listen to you anymore.
0: Absolutely. I think he thinks it. I don't know if he said it yet because he's a good kid. But uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and Red will take full credit for it. And I like to mess with him. And say, boy, good thing, good thing Thomas Rhett's mom did a good job raising him. He sure did turn out good. He's like, come on, man, give me a little something. I'm like, nope, never.
2: Hey guys, it's Shalacy. Check us out on the web at knoxcountry 360com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnoxCountry360.
1: So your company, you you were talking a few weeks ago that you might move back town Music Road.
0: You know what? We we we're staying downtown. We I, I just once I got my my when I moved back from Georgia and and kind of started. Showing up at the office every day again, I started digging it, and we're gonna stay down on Fifth Avenue, and we get to we're a block away from the the tourists, the yeah. the people that buy our records and and t-shirts, and you know everything involved in country music, and, and it's nice to be down there amongst them, and and every now and then walk down the street, get a get a hot dog, and 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 talk to them, and and watch them, and see how excited they are to be in Nashville, and it, it kind of. Translates back into the song you write that afternoon, knowing that somebody is taking time off of work and uh, away from their family to
1: to come to Nashville because they love country music that much. So that's that's why we're down there. Well, I've been a big believer that all the guys that have success, Mm -hmm. you know, not the guns for hire, but the guys Mm -hmm. that are actually moving the needle – are, are still fans, mm-hmm. you know. Big, you know. I, I you know, are, are just fans of what they do. Fans of their format. It's not a business, as much as it yeah. is. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, man, they have no problem standing in that environment, mm-hmm. and you know, they're not the guys getting escorted through a room. Right. They just walk in the room, and it's like whatever. If I want to leave, I can leave. Right. I don't need an escort. You right. know? So I, I find that being huge, and that's why I like guys like you, man, because I can tell y'all are still fans. I can, mm-hmm. and that's why we. We love cutting you all songs, because every time we do, man, it's always personal.
0: Well, we thank you for cutting our songs, <laughs> for sure. And you've been real good to me,
1: especially. Well, um, when you find yourself leaving for lunch, do you go, I'm going to go to Blake Shelton's bar. Or Alan Jackson's bar or FGL's bar or now Al Dean's bar. I, I mean do, do you find yourself going, Who's gonna give me a free lunch card? I, I need it I need to
0: do that. I need to text
1: him on a group text and
0: say, Listen guys, I really wanna help advertise your bars, but I'm gonna need some uh, some vouchers for lunch.
1: I, I I told Jason, I said, Hey man, you got a name Jason's too tight, he yeah. wouldn't do it. Well, I told him I, I said, Man, yeah, I I need I need that free lunch card, you know, and um he doesn't text me back or nothing. You know hey. I'm just trying to get him to name a drink after me but since i'm such a describe your drink yeah yeah since i'm a lightweight my drink is like a half pina colada half strawberry daiquiri and what jason wanted to call it i can't repeat it on radio Uh, i wanted to call it the knox and i was like hey man people come in and order this all over the world and jason goes hey let's call it this yeah i can't repeat that one i can
0: only imagine what he would say it's
1: the it ain't the hard knocks. <laughs> well, he does want to put my New Balance in the in you know my white tennis in shoes I've been wearing case. for 25 years. <laughs> they in need to go in the,
0: in the Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> those those New Balances have seen
1: some records, buddy. All right, so so you've been doing stuff a long time. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you're still missing? Is there something you're still like, man? I wish I would have. I wish I would have wrote with this guy I wish I would have done this or I, or I still have an opportunity to do this and I still want to do it I think uh, I'm in the process of doing something
0: I always wanted to do which is to break an artist uh, I mean I, I could say I have broke artists by my songs which I think you'd agree with Yeah. but I mean to truly be hands on from day one we've got a, a new artist named Trey Landon and he's over at Warner Brothers now and uh, just signed his big old deal but I've always wanted to and i waited 14 years till i actually found that artist that i i thought i was going to put my time and effort in and this has been really fun it's been adventurous cuz it's it's kind of a world i i hadn't been in um but to take an artist all the way through and write songs with him and 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 have my friends write with him and um so hopefully he'll have a single out soon that that's that's something i've always wanted to do and it's literally happening now That's awesome. Um, Now, are
1: you wanting to get into management?
0: I think as a publisher, you kind of are a manager, as
1: you very well know. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Because it does put you in a different place where you are are working for them sometimes Mm -hmm. instead of beside them. Yeah. You know, when you're creative with them, you're always beside them. But for some reason, right when you walk into management... Everybody thinks you work for them. That's great. And your opinion drops just a hair, and you're like, well, no, we got to keep this creative focus going on. That's very well said. Yeah. The the whole management deal is,
0: I just. You know, I'd rather kind of develop them in a in a small management way and then hand them off. Yeah, to a to a Clarence or somebody.
1: Yeah, well, and let them get all the
0: money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Let them yeah. make let all. Them make money. all, I'll all the I'll take my little
1: money. publishing money. But you know, Dallas, awesome to
0: have you on the show, dude. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, man, and thanks for always being so good to me and and uh, and looking at my kello's and recording my stuff. And uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours, so thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Man.
1: Knox Country. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Knox Country Podcast. Special thanks go out to co-host Ms. Jalacy Griffin and producer Donnie Walker. See you next time. You've entered Knox Country Outtakes.
0: So this will be us three talking, right? Yep. Okay.
2: And I'm just going to chime in. You're the timer. She's going to make
1: sure we don't forget stuff or whatever. Or
2: see something shiny and go
1: off. I'm, I'm mad about shiny. I'm like a little raccoon. Anything shiny, I pretty much will buy it, fish with it. Yeah, but I was in Ashland City at that time, so we, all we did was do a huge bonfire mm-hmm. out in the backyard, and you burn it until it quits burning and hope it doesn't make to the line of the trees, <laughs> you know, right. down there on the river. Will it burn toward the river or toward the trees? You know, and, and that's what we did. Oh uh, love it.
2: Did you do the watermelon crawl?
1: You know...
0: If you drink, don't drive. Do the watermelon crawl, but he never specifically said how to do it. (laughs) He told you how to drink the watermelon wine, but he didn't tell you. I'm sure after you drink enough of it. I mean, you know, you did kind of like there, there, there. Don't you did your steps to it, but but that was technically. We should Google that. I don't know if they had video cameras back then, but
2: I've seen some people (laughs) attempt. You know, some different versions of the watermelon
0: crawl. I, I bet you could call a handful of my closest friends and they would tell you I have definitely done the water You've watermelon crawl. You have done some crop high crop crawl. Before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Lord. You're going to make me write it. Let's
2: see. <laughs> Sorry.
1: That's quite all right. that's, that's my job. <laughs> <Where's the guitar? laughs> Hang on. Bring that loop guy in here. <laughs>
0: hey, I, I got some. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is Dallas Davidson. And when I'm not hunting, fishing, and loving every day, I'm listening to Knox Country 360.
1: That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like we're good. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> All right, yeah, man. That was
0: great. Sweet. Knox Country Podcast Edition.